Welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of Bottled Water. And what do we have for you today on the third episode? Oh, we've got a good one. We've got a good one. We've got Jazz Shaw here live in the stream. Jazz. Dude, hey, thanks for having me. I, hey, I thanks appreciate for coming the invitation. On. Oh. No, my pleasure, man. I'm 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 all about the uh, UFO transparency disclosure, the whole thing. Anybody working on that? Anybody wants my time? If I have it available, I'm all yours, baby. Awesome. That is that is awesome. And it's been a big week, hasn't it? It's been like, a couple things happen. It, it's been a there. big couple of months. <laughs> it has. This is this is one of the most remarkable times we've ever lived through in terms of uh, UAP disclosure and you know, trying to deal with the government and stuff going on on the civilian and scientific side. It's been huge. And I firmly believe Lou Elizondo recently said, buckle your seatbelts. The ride ain't over. You right. know, there, there's more yeah. coming. And when when you look at the, the text, the Gillibrand Amendment pretty much made it through unaltered as far as I'm aware. Mostly. The, mostly. I think it was like 90 some odd percent uh intact from what it was and that was a that was a really big thing that it even got in there that it was even written well yeah if you go back just like one year it's a huge thing it, it's gigantic but in the climate we're in right now it's almost starting to feel normal like congress is ready to tackle this, ready to deal with it. There are some people, though not all, in the Pentagon and the intelligence community who are like, yeah, we need to be talking about this and mm -hmm. outside forces pushing. Uh, the, the biggest thing that we lost was the Civilian Scientific Commission in the Gillibrand Amendment right. that would have had people nominated from various sources, uh, including the Galileo Project and some other stuff that would have been advising the new office. That got dropped in what looked to be an internal fight with the people in the IC and the DOD that yeah. really don't want to see this happening at all. And it, it, this is guesswork because we've submitted FOIAs. We've gotten no answers. Mm -hmm. um, but it sounds like they were like, none of these people have security, security clearances. We can't. We can't right. just let them in. No, you, know? you can't. There's Yeah, there's there's little stops that they have and when you're talking about especially a subject that is as sensitive as this the the government really doesn't like talking about it they never have they've kind of placated their way over the past 70 years and or 80 years whatever now we're at a point where we're like hey you have to do this you have to tell us what's going on well not us so much as far as all Congress. of us right but they have to tell the members of the committee the applicable committees uh mm -hmm. chiefly the intelligence committees the armed forces committees um the 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 top eight people in both chambers they're authorized to have anything classified that that the president gets right you know and so yeah they're they're gonna have to tell them Mm -hmm. um, how much they will be forced to say in public, I'm sure it's going to be a lot less, sadly, 
I that, yeah. I don't know that for sure, but that that's my <laughs> estimation. But at least people elected. <coughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh God, allergies today. Um, people elected by the public will be getting the information, and they're supposed to perform oversight. That's their job. They're supposed to have yeah. oversight of the military. Mm-hmm. And we have gone for decades upon decades where we have just taken gigantic amounts of money, every one of these budgets, and just flushed it into this one box at the bottom. It's this yeah. black box mm-hmm. that's like, oh, not for you. Sorry. It's going into the military and intelligence, and we can't tell you what it is. And everybody just signs off, and they're like, okay, there goes another uh, $83 billion. Okay. Yeah. You know, have fun, boys. Mm-hmm. You know, and so no not so much of that now now they want reports for those people and we'll have somebody that doesn't have a vested interest in secrecy looking at it and saying well how much of this really needs to be classified that's what i'm hoping that shows like yours and Mm -hmm. uh ucr and everybody else focuses on in 2022 is i we have a massive overclassification problem. John Greenwald has written we, yeah. about this extensively. And they, they just randomly slap classification on stuff, you know, and it lasts for, you know, a half a century. And when you finally see what it is, it's like, why did you classify this in the first place? Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's a, it's a reflexive thing. So mm-hmm. I, I would like to see personally, it's just a desire of mine, people like you um, and all the other people that are focusing public attention on this who have done such a great job and it was a great job of calling their senators calling their representatives Mm -hmm. saying support the gillibrand amendment get this put through get this put in i I think we're not done the work isn't done and what i would love to see is all of you folks gathering up people sending them out there Mm -hmm. and saying the next thing we need to do is ask these representatives to say while you're doing your oversight address this overclassification issue and see how many things really could be released that wouldn't harm national security and would answer a lot of questions that people have and maybe decrease some of the mistrust that people have in their government on this issue. I mean, is that crazy? No, it's not. And when I was in the, when I was in the army, I held a secret clearance and I had to with the unit that I first went into the army in, and they just were giving out clearances like candy. They're just like, oh, yeah, you, you get a secret clearance. You get a secret clearance. I hear you, man. I had a top secret clearance for a while because I, I, I worked on nuclear reactors. So Okay, so you kind of had to. Yeah. I was a truck driver the first, like, two and a half years I was in the military, and I had a secret clearance because I was out at White Sands, New Mexico. Oh, and you got to have it for that? Yeah, that, that place... I don't like that place at all. Never been there. It's not fun. In nothing in the army when they say we're going to do a field exercise is fun. <laughs> That's why I went in the navy, my friend. <laughs> there, there's just nothing fun about it. You can you have fun at the range when you're shooting for like three or four minutes, and you're like, "Oh, this is so much fun." <coughs> Excuse me. Oh man, I have to. It's not working. Put the old hat back on here. I thought it was working stylistically. Yeah, it was. It's a very bottled Christmas with uh, with jazz. 
but there's no there's no fun in the military. And what I think a lot of people don't know when we talk about budgets is that the military pays the military to use the military stuff. Yeah. Does it, it like that might boggle some people's minds, but when when a unit goes to the range to shoot bullets and be good at their job. They have to pay for the range, the bullets, the guy who's up in the tower, popping targets up and everything. And that's how the military budget is spent. Most of it is spent on training, just using training areas and using bullets. All the stuff's already bought and paid for, but the units get an allocation of money and then they use that money based upon the previous year's, you know, expenses for how many training exercises they had, how much maintenance they had. And I think if, I think if people knew that the military pays the military to use military stuff, they would kind of wonder why. Yeah. And it's not really, let's keep in mind, it's not the, really the military paying the military. It's the taxpayers paying the yes. military. These people don't generate any revenue on their own. Every no. dime they get comes from the taxpayers. Mm -hmm. And most of the military budget is accessible. Um, you can go and I've, because of my job, I've, I've actually had to go and sort through large portions of these bills. You know, uh, there's a lot of money that goes. There's a lot of money that disappears into places um, yeah. that nobody can track and they're not even open to FOIA requests. And one mm -hmm. of the biggest tricks they have, and Tim McMillan uh, over the debrief has done some really good reporting on this and talked to people who have been intimately involved in that part of it, mm -hmm. is that you know, anything they spend taxpayer money on that isn't deemed classified because it's a threat to national security, mm -hmm. uh, you're supposed to be able to see, you know, hey, Where'd my money go? What'd you do right. with it? What's going on there? They have this trick that they use where the deep portions of the military go and arrange for contracts with civilian agencies. Could be like mm -hmm. Bigelow, could a lot of stuff with Lockheed Martin, things like that. And if they have stuff they don't want you to see, what they do is they hire somebody in those civilian agencies and go, we need you to process this and we need a report, but it's going to be your property. And yeah. when it's their property, you can't then see you can't FOIA that. You can't yes. submit a free information request and say, show me everything Lockheed Martin's got. And they're like, F you. You know, yeah. that that's not the government. Sorry. Even though it was taxpayer money that funded it, it winds up in the wrong hands. And mm -hmm. that can't be traced and we don't get the information. You know, well, that's yeah. still going on today. Yeah. And so I was a government contractor for two years. Uh, the first year, well, a little longer. The first year I was an instructor, and the second year I was in charge of all the online training for almost the entire transportation corps for the army, uh, the entire boat field, and uh, uh, the eighty-eight hotels. They pick stuff up with cranes and move it. They're right. But I was in charge of all of that. I had zero, oh, well, I had one boss who wasn't really my boss, but I just told him what I was doing. 
nobody cared what I was doing ever. Like I would, I'd show up to work every morning. Mind you, this is a this is a sixty five thousand dollar a year salary job. I show up, I go to my desk, I sit there with the almost three thousand dollar monitor that they bought me, and I have Facebook up, Twitter up, and then on the other end of the monitor is my actual job. That's a not focusing over here because everything's done on that. And a warrant officer would come in and be like, Hey man, can you add this file? Like, yeah, sure. No problem. Add the file. $2,400 paycheck. That's like, there are several jobs in the contracting world that are like that in the military. And it's, it's because you have all these people who don't understand what you're actually doing. It's a lack of transparency. It's nothing to do with UFOs. That's a lack of transparency in -hmm. terms of how taxpayer money is gathered, how it is allocated, how it is spent and how it's reported and Mm -hmm. who gets to hear about that. Some of the stuff you're talking about is actually has been made available. Reporters have gone and found stuff like that and they complain and everybody gets outraged for like 15 minutes and then they go back and do what they've always been doing. Yeah. You know, it's it's been going on for a long time. No, we need a lot more oversight. So, we I, do. You know, like I said, I, I hope that's the next goal. I think, yeah, because we're we've entered this weird stage. Uh, I'm real <coughs> hesitant on the uh, the celebrating that's going on right now. Like everybody's, oh, we're celebrating the ah, UAP transparency disclosure is happening i think we're we're heading towards a different era of secrecy we're they're they're kind of being forward about it but they're not being completely forward about it right and no, I, this, I think this isn't the finish line it's not the no, end it's a no. step but i think it's a good step it is. You know? It's a very good step. I think I think we've finally gone in the right direction. And to be a hundred percent honest, what UCR has done with uh their big phone home and all of that and reaching out and having these templates for people to reach out to their senators has made a really good impact. It's really helped the cause. What we need to do is not rest on our laurels and be like, okay, we've reached this point. This is a marathon. Yeah, that's what Lozondo always says. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah, we need to keep going. We need to keep this Hi to Akashi, Chris, by the way. Hi, Akashi. We need to keep this energy. And if anything, the passing of the National Defense Act authorization act which by the way that's not not been passed in like 50 or 60 years right but the military is always going to have their money the pentagon is going to sorry the pentagon's going to have their money because there's no way lockheed martin is not going to get paid for the shit that they do so when you look at 
everything. You're a political journalist, correct? Uh, political government policy, yeah. Um, although I somehow became the UFO guy in our network <laughs> back in early 2018. But yeah, I still write about all that other stuff. I cover Congress and you know everything that's going on. Have you... <clears throat> How long have you been doing this? The, the UFO the, stuff? No, no, no. The other covering Congress and oh, uh, twenty years or so. Uh, before that, I was a technical writer. Before that, I was in military contracting, and before that, I was in the military. But mm -hmm. yeah, I've been writing for a long. I've been reporting for a long time. Um, I didn't get my well. It's not exactly accurate. I didn't start writing about the UAP topic professionally for the major network that I work with until January of 2018. Okay. Um, before that, I had done some uh, guest articles for other outlets because it's always been an interest of mine, you know, yeah. uh, but I, I didn't start doing it like as part of my regular job mm -hmm. uh, until January of 2018. So it's been that long that I've been doing it on a regular basis and somehow got swept up into UFO Twitter and UCR and everything else. And suddenly I was off to join the circus, you know, yeah. and, but I mean, my own life has changed a lot in terms of this topic in the last 13 months. And before that, it was always more of a, you know, it, it was an interest of mine since I was very young. Mm -hmm. And when I was very young, it was mostly because I like sci-fi and I thought of it as sci-fi, right. you know, and, and later on, you start watching, you know, some of the wild out there shows, you know, people saying, no, this isn't fiction. You know, here's these stories we found. Yeah. And I found them interesting. Uh, but I was never, I, I went more than 61 years without ever seeing anything, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, occasionally, you, you, like everybody, you see something like there's a weird light in the sky. It's like, hey. Yeah. You know, what what's that? Right? You know, but it's like, yeah. well, I don't know. And then you hear a lot of stories from people and some of them I'm like, well, I could kind of see that. And others you're like, well, that sounds pretty whack, you know. Mm. And I, I mean, until you see it yourself, you and then your whole life changes, right? But before yeah. that, I was just always, you know, like kind of on the edge and i was like yeah that does sound interesting but is that something i want to write about are people going to think i'm crazy which they mm -hmm. did after i started writing about it anyway oh of course you yeah. know and but now I, I i i think a lot of that stigma is dropping um so but that's how long i've been doing it yeah. that's kind of how i came into it it's really it's only been the last year where everything's changed for me personally mm -hmm. you know and now my I, I hope my reporting hasn't changed a lot but I don't ask as many questions of other people. I don't immediately hear something and go, oh, well, that just sounds nuts. Because right. I'm like, well, dude, look what you just said on this show last week. You sound friggin' nuts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So who's to say, really? Yeah. And and I had this, uh, me and last week, me and TJ kind of touched on this with, uh, is the government really the answer? When it comes to UFOs or UAPs, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna say UFOs because UAPs is a dumbass term. <laughs> I say both. It's, I don't care I, anymore. I, I, I go back and forth and I say UAPs, UFOs, UAPs, UFOs, but it's so stupid. It is a the 
epitome of a government agency making up a dumbass term just to replace something that has too much uh, weight on it. Too bad. Too much baggage. Yeah. Yeah. They do it all the time with it everything. Is, okay. Is the government the answer? Um, I'm going to give what's possibly an unpopular answer to that. Uh, I think the total sum of data out there, the vast majority of it is probably outside of the government because the government cares about what the government cares about. I know that yeah. sounds redundant. Stuff that gets into our airspace, stuff over our nuclear facilities, stuff mm -hmm. around our naval fleets. You know, that's where their focus is. That's where they're getting most of their reports. Mm -hmm. The total sum of other data from people that are probably reporting, not all of them, but a lot of them, reporting completely legitimate things that happen outside the government space. Uh, a great example is the FAA, who refused to talk about this forever. Oh, yeah. Commercial pilots have been seeing shit for, you know, forever, as long as we've had commercial pilots. Yeah. And nobody was supposed to talk about it. Huge body of data there. Individuals that have had, you know, I mean, and a lot of times really reputable individuals, law enforcement officers, things like that, out in the civilian sector. There's a huge body of data there. But... Anytime any of that data is brought up, if there isn't an official body behind that report saying, oh, yes, we checked it out. That's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. That's an excuse for everyone to roll their eyes and go, oh, well, he was drunk. Some redneck, you know, right. the, the pilot would, pilot had too many vodkas before the flight, things yeah. like that. So I I do think that the smaller amount of data that we know of, they might have a lot more we've never been told, that the government's collected, continues to collect, and maybe now is willing to analyze more deeply. Is that the answer? It's not the whole answer, but I think more gravitas is just immediately given to that because when the government comes out like they did with the June 25th report mm -hmm. and says, yeah, we've been looking at this. We don't have an answer, but it's real, and we have radar data and satellite data and things like that. That hits home a lot harder with everybody out there that is still watching and going, wait a minute, are we really talking about flying saucers? Are you guys serious? Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of those people. So I, I don't think the total answer is in the government. I just think if they're willing to come forward and do it, the government has a much bigger hammer to swing because Thank i can you. you can come up with 500 more commercial pilots that said yeah i saw this weird ass shit mm -hmm. you know and i took pictures yeah but if they don't have the faa going yeah he did here's the audio here's the pictures then everybody's just like well yeah, okay whatever, whatever dude yeah so i i think the government does carry more gravitas i i'm not saying that's a good thing i'm just saying that's what i see as the reality of it Mm -hmm. um, and when they come out and go, okay, you know, Congress has evaluated the data. We're working with the intelligence community. We're working with the Pentagon. And here's the things we've collected, and we've put this stamp on it. Then a lot of the people who will ignore the pilots, who will ignore the law enforcement officers, who will ignore all the rest of it and say, oh, they were drunk, then they have to pause and go, oh, this might be real. Yeah. And In I think that's that's been happening. I think we're... <laughs> I, th I think we're slowly moving the ball down the field. We are. We're 
but we're definitely still in the first quarter. Sure. We just got oh, a absolutely. touchdown, but we are still in the first quarter. Yep. Game's not over. Not not by a long shot. And what I think is like with the, the Galileo project, with what A.B. Loeb is doing is wonderful because you have this legitimate scientific body that says, we're going to study this. And we're going to give you our data once we go through it. And everybody's like, data, 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 data. I'm sorry. I've trained people. I've been a teacher for the military. Some of the people who are screaming for data, you could not teach them how to adjust a ratcheting wrench. So we can scream about data all we like, but do you know what the hell you're looking at? Probably not. Unless you have a PhD and you understand these things. It's cool to look at. I've looked at a lot of data. I just have a bachelor's degree and I just go, yeah, cool. The numbers do this. What does that tell me? Nothing. So when when you have a civilian or a private sector outlet looking at this, it's better because they're not going to say, well, this is classified. They can't classify the skies. No. You know. You, you can't. And Brandon Fugel brought up a really good point yesterday when he was talking to UCR about how he's very against letting the government come in to Skinwalker Ranch and doing their own. He's, he's very against a repeat of OSAP. And I think that's a, that's a great thing. In a sense, yeah. Well, OSAP was, what, a $22 million love shot to uh, to Robert Bigelow? And what did we get From out of Harry that? From Harry Reid, yeah. Yeah, what did, what did we get out of that? Not a lot, but... Dinosaur I, beavers? Well, see, that's what I wanted to go into. There's an upside and a downside to what's going on in Skinwalker. Okay, and this yeah. is something I've, I've tried to bring up in other interviews that I've done. It's like we, there's a bunch of people in Congress, and there's a huge, huge volume of people out there around the United States and around the world who are only just now gently coming from the point of, don't tell me about your flying saucer bullshit, yeah. to... Oh, the government's looking at this. There's weird things in the sky. Oh, there's these Pentagon videos. Well, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something flying around. They're just getting there. Just we're we're just they're like squirrels and we're putting out a little trail of nuts, yeah. you know? And they're just coming over that far. We're just getting them there. Mm -hmm. And then somebody turns around and goes, Oh, by the way, dino beavers, werewolves. You know, and a lot of those people are like, oh, I friggin' knew it. Okay, I knew it. I'm going, it's all bullshit. I'm going, I'm going back to ESPN. Go F yourself. You know, yeah. so I, I'm not sure that's really helpful. Um, uh, maybe I'm not saying none of that is real. I'm not saying that at all. I've, mm -hmm. I've interviewed Brandon Fogel and, you know, we just had him on UCR yesterday, too. He He does a lot of work. Those guys have looked at some weird stuff mm -hmm. and I will tell you 
God, do I want to say this on the air? You can. Um, yeah. There's nine people yeah. watching. Yeah, but people are going to be rewatching later. I, my wife and I have seen some weird shit after our UFO experiences in the last year around here. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, what, and just in that context, it's like there could be a lot more going on that we don't understand yet. But if you think we don't have enough data on UAP, on UFOs, which we don't, and but we're yeah. trying to get and we might get, you know, if you want to go off charging into those other realms of the, you know, dino beavers or whatever, <laughs> and, and even I'm laughing and I've seen some crazy stuff in the last year um and even i'm still laughing at dino beavers you know uh that (laughs) that i i think we're we're not there yet i think we need to nail down what the physical things that reflect radar uh the physical things that show up on satellite images Mm -hmm. um you know the things that pilots uh, are watching of both commercial and uh, and military types, and there are recordings of the conversations that they've had. That's data people can appreciate. That yeah. stuff they can lock their they can just you know put their teeth into and go, okay, that's messed up. We need to know what that is. Don't. It, it's not time for the dino beavers yet. Is all I'm saying. No. Uh, if that is, if that is a thing, and I'm not going to say it isn't, but that can wait until we get this part kind of locked down kind of figured out kind of like what is you know as as much as it can be figured out i don't know i mean where do you stand on the whole um like crash wreckage thing you know um a lot of people are asking right now it's like oh now that we have this new office it's coming in the next six months Mm -hmm. and they're going to be looking at older cases and things like that and congress wants information and wants reports do do you think somebody's kind of come out and go oh our bad sorry yeah we've had these seven flying saucers and we uh we have skinny bob he lives in an apartment in manhattan now yeah Uh, let's bring him out (laughs) we'll have an interview our bad we didn't know you wanted to know you know so let's talk about that do you see that happening absolutely not a is is that real well we have a lot of stories we don't have a lot of data to support that none of that may be real. If it is real, yeah. is anybody going to come out and talk about it? I'm thinking if anybody does come out and say, "Oh, our bad. We've had all. Th- we had free energy for the last 40 years, and we didn't mm-hmm. share it with you, poor bastards." Yeah. That person's going to friggin' jail. Oh yeah, they're okay. going to jail. They're probably going to die before they get to court. Oh yeah, so, or somebody. Yeah, somebody will just whack them. Yeah. Nobody's going to say that. I no, I no. have no faith in that. I'm not saying that that. It, that information doesn't exist. I'm not saying it does, but I don't rule it out anymore after the shit I've seen, you know? And, but no, I don't think it's going to be showing up unless somebody passes a new act saying, uh, we're going to give immunity to everybody who comes out and admits that they blew over the years, $50 billion of taxpayer money on dark programs. We never told you about, we hid it all from you. And we basically just screwed the world. Yeah, that's going to be a big ask for immunity, you know. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where that goes. Well, that that brings up a good point where I'm I'm on the fence on a lot of uh, theories with the UFO phenomenon, and one of them is that 
the government is working with the aliens. And they're, if they're aliens. Yeah, if they're aliens, whoever, whatever they are. But that the Some non-human intelligence. With, yes, dolphins. Could, could be dolphins. Yep. Could be dolphins, we don't know. But the, the idea that the government is working with these beings, whoever they are, whatever they are, and they've been doing so since Roswell, so for 70 years, and they're just slowly leaking technology to the public. If that's true, and people find out, the public is not going to be happy. Right. That That that's... is bigger than the Manhattan Project. It's bigger than the Tuskegee experiments and MKUltra. There's probably... How many lives could be saved from that technology over 70 years? Well... Everybody's very worried about the climate. How how mm-hmm. much different would things be if you had free, clean energy? Everybody's worried about transportation. How many people die in plane crashes? What if you had anti-gravity? You know, yeah. the, the list goes on. And I this, this is another thing that I have heard Lou Zondo comment on a number of interviews, that it, if there have been people running what have been essentially rogue programs completely outside the overview outside of the control of Mm -hmm. congress and even the public facing parts of the dod of the intelligence community totally hidden sucking up all this money doing all this stuff no accountability those people are going to prison if they get caught yeah unless somebody offers them amnesty now did that happen did did we discover that stuff that that that's another alarming aspect to it because it's like it maybe the people are like wow the the aliens if if it's aliens that they could be dangerous they could be you know a real threat to us and everything mm-hmm. well maybe the real threat was that we had people sucking up billions of dollars and doing all these weird science experiments and never yeah. told us and we paid for it and you bastards now have to pay you yeah. know and so nobody's inspired to come forward and go oh our bad you know, yeah. didn't know. Oh, sorry, didn't think you'd be interested. You know, we were just yeah. working on this thing. You know, it's uh, oh, oh, you wanted to know about that? Oh, okay. You know, exactly. No, none of that's happening. That's just bullshit. Pardon my language. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, Akashi says, uh, based on your experience and insights, do you think there is a group really planning disclosure procedures in case phenomena decides to show up? Good question. Yes. Yes. There are people working on that. We've gotten hints about that. Um, uh, I'll go back once again and reference the Black Vault. John Greenwald uh, found something that dates back quite a while mm-hmm. where people were being instructed and asking questions like not saying something happened. But if something did happen, do we have a plan in place for that? You know, and I've written articles about that asking because I think it's a very valid question. Yeah, do we have a plan in place? Do do we have anyone in the public facing part of the government saying, hey, if this news came out and we had data, we can show you and it's totally verifiable. What's the next step? Do we try to contact them? Do we find better ways to see if they're trying to contact us? Could we defend ourselves against that technology? Assuming we haven't already stolen it and engineered it somewhere. Lucky, right? Martin, tried to you know, reverse engineer it. 
right it, you know or anything like that i mean there's a bunch of questions that a responsible government that their number one responsibility is to keep everyone safe mm-hmm. that's that's job one keep everyone secure traditionally yeah. in a terrestrial sense against other nations but right. now we're expanding that conversation well if et is coming can we keep you safe and if they know yeah. the answer is no that's a bigger incentive for them not to talk about it but i bet there, there have to have been people who are working on that like you know if this if this comes about we need to be ready we need to have something we're going to tell them mm-hmm. otherwise you know they're going to just throw us on on rail cars and you know we're going to be toast you yeah. know so yeah i i think somebody's been working on that do we know about it no no well I, yeah, when i say I, we i mean the general public there mm-hmm. if it happened there's there's a few people that know excuse me and uh, but not a lot but i bet you it's been happening I bet the, you the conversation is taking place yeah there's they're always look the for those who don't know the way the government works if a threat is identified or a possible threat is identified a team is created to work out a plan to counteract that threat no matter who it is so yeah. if they're looking at these ufos and they're coming in here and they're like okay we need every bit of information that we have so that we can counteract this supposed threat whether it's a threat or not we still need to know how to approach this threat that's just how the government works that's how the military works on the surface yeah yeah on the surface yeah below it it's it gets a lot more complicated (laughs) it's a lot of craziness (laughs) I, I worked uh, for years, uh, you know, in aircraft carrier battle groups as a radar technician, and I, I, I worked with a lot of people who had to go out and deal with. I, by the way, just for the record, my entire time never saw a UFO, never ran into a situation like that ever. Mm-hmm. This is back during the Cold War, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on with the Soviet Union back then, and a bunch of other stuff, you know, and what they tell you on the surface isn't always the same as what's actually going on on the ground or on the water or in the air with mm. the people who have to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But they don't always keep all those records transparently. I've tried to go back and get some old records through FOIA from times when I was in and things that happened and they're mysteriously not even recorded. So I, I don't want to just you know, paint lipstick on this pig and let everybody think, well, if it ever happened in the military or in the government, then there's records and you're eventually going to get them and you can request them. A lot of stuff goes unrecorded. I'm not trying to sound like conspiracy theorists. I'm just telling you from direct experience, a lot of shit never gets recorded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, you're people like to play the conspiracy game, but you're absolutely right. There's things that happen in the military that have absolutely no record of it happening. Yep. yep. And it's just normal. A lot of times it's normal everyday stuff that happens and they're just like, yeah. But we're getting we're getting back into what what's the first thing we talked about? Overclassification. Yep. Sometimes it's done out of paranoia. Sometimes it's done just to protect the guilty. Let's be honest. You know? I mean, yeah. I'm not going to do it here because even after all these years, I know somebody could track me down. I, I can tell you three <laughs> different examples where I watched people fucking die. Yeah. And there's no record of it. No public record. 
families were never told exactly what happened and it wasn't ufos or anything don't start thinking that i'm just talking gross incompetence or just unlucky accidents Mm -hmm. you know out in the middle of the cold war where really bad things happened a lot of the time you know um, a couple of examples uh, the most secretive thing in the government is our nuclear submarines right that's Mm -hmm. the most secretive part i still talk to people every day when i go did you know that we've lost two of our nuclear submarines with one of them with missiles on board and they're like we've lost nuclear submarines we've lost two of them you know and there's a and the news is it slowly filtered out but it took decades and even today they tamp down any talk about it anybody wants to go do some googling after this show is over it's the thresher and the scorpion yeah thresher is a very interesting story to begin yeah and and the scorpion's even more mysterious. And back when I was in, we knew about the scorpion. And there right. were stories about what really happened to the scorpion. The official story today is still not probably what happened. You know, so there's a lot of that that goes on, is is, is my only point. I don't want to get to see stories with, you know, another veteran right now. Right. Do that all friggin' night. But yeah, there, there's crazy shit out there. And if you live in an imaginary world where you think that both the government and the Pentagon and the military industrial complex, the civilian sector, these are all in one big conglomerate together that they're just keeping track of everything and recording. And it's like, well, it's not safe to say this now, but we'll save it and we'll tell you, you are living in a dream world. They have flushed so much stuff. Greenwald, again, we're going back to John, uh, published a thing not very long ago that I featured on Twitter and wrote about myself. The number of documents that the CIA has lost oh yeah years documents that he had original copies of with parts redacted mm-hmm. and john goes back scrupulously and he's like hey i'd like to ask I, I want to submit a request the parts that were redacted you know can they be unredacted now i'd like a review of the classification which is a totally normal process of FOIA. and he gets an answer back even though he sent them the document he already had the mm-hmm. answer was Oh, we don't have that document anymore. And it's not one or two. It's, it's several. Thousands of them. Yeah. Well, you know? What about they're, the they're trillions not being of dollars? With you. Yeah, what about the trillions of dollars that the Pentagon just is like, ooh. Right. <laughs> I mean, the NDAA that we're all cheering, and I am cheering, by the way. Yeah. Cheering totally. Yeah, I'm big You go down to the, I already got a copy, and everybody... If you go Google, uh, most news outlets have it already. Yeah. Down at the bottom of that, on the intelligence side mm-hmm. and on the defense side, there's still a giant black box. Oh, yeah. Uh, that total amount of money, and it's a gigantic amount of money, it's not a big majority of it, but it's more money than you and I are ever going to see, my friend. Oh, yeah. It all shows up in a couple of black boxes at the bottom saying, trans, you know, let's just translate that into human speak. None mm. of your effing business. Absolutely. And it's and it's and once it gets signed, that money's gone. You're and never gonna see it again. You're not gonna know what happened to it. That's one of the things that when, when I looked at the NDAA, I said, why is it seven hundred and sixty-eight billion dollars? Why is Good it number. six it's sixty-eight billion dollars more than last year's in right. Remember correctly, we are no longer in Afghanistan. 
Uh, we have no active engagements going on. So why are we spending more money this year than we did last year? Because we're upgrading weapon systems and <sighs> existing ones and new ones. Uh, there's a lot of money going into hypersonics right now. Uh, we're trying to catch up with the Russians and the Chinese who have left us behind in hypersonic missiles. That's not cheap. Um, it's it's not a huge part of it, but that's like one of many examples. We have a lot of ships in the Navy, a lot of other equipment that is falling off the back end. It's no longer acceptable. And the new stuff is always more expensive than the old stuff. And that's why the, the cost keeps going up and up, in my opinion. Um, is some of it going to black programs obviously the mm -hmm. some of the increase but a lot of the basic stuff is like are, do we need two new aircraft carriers or five do <laughs> we need are, are we going to continue the f-35 lightning program are we going to expand it or are we going to drop off and put money into the next generation of fighters the next generation of ground support aircraft mm -hmm. things like that um the answer to that as far as the military is concerned is always well yes yes we are of course we are yeah. you know so I, I i i don't see anything suspicious in the fact that the amount went up it, it, if that's a fair thing to say i just think it gets spread around and every part of the government tries to spend every dime they get every year they do. so they can justify asking for more the next year. This is a known thing. The military mm -hmm. is no different. Right. That's what they're doing. That's why the NDA cost went up is part of it kind of sketchy stuff and maybe some UAP stuff. Yes. Yeah, some that some UAP very... office, that UAP office is not going to cost diddly compared no. to how many aircraft carriers are we doing? Are we going to have a good hypersonic missile? You know, right. that's that's the lion's share of it. But yeah, down in the corners where we're interested, there's some money going yep. to this yep. program. Right, right over here somewhere. So like when I was uh, when I was getting my degree, I decided to write a paper on the DOD's budget and NASA's budget. Kind of to correlate between the two and that year i think it was like 2016 or something nasa's budget was smaller than the united states army's budget for building maintenance sure nasa's budget's always been small yeah it's yeah it's tiny maybe a little but i, I we took yep. like maybe bump it up like 20 or 30 percent Without, which would be a which would you could do that and it would be a rounding error. Yeah. You know. And I think the things that we would get out of it, I mean things we get out of NASA now with their itty bitty little tiny budget compared to everybody else in the government is good stuff. They just need to stop being so compartmentalized where they don't share their work with the other outlets of the agency. And maybe maybe things could happen. This is why SpaceX does so well. Because it is one company that is doing what it's doing. And they don't have people, you know, on the other side of the building working on stuff and not telling the Raptor rocket engine people what they're doing. Sure. No billion, no guys 
who runs the company is going to be like, hey, I want you guys to do this, but be super secretive about it and don't tell anybody that you work with. I'm going to disagree with you there. I bet you Elon Musk has already handled it. Well, we know for a fact on several launches that SpaceX has launched a number of things that there was no information given about what they were launching other than that there was a launch and they were satellites that were produced for the military and the intelligence well, community. Yeah, they, do and they, didn't, their... they didn't hide that. I'm not trying to say they hid that. Right. Just we know what happened. But Elon Musk isn't going to go blow the whistle on that. And no, he's be, not. Because he was given a contract and he was paid literally billions of dollars to do it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, this goes back. So, uh, sorry to the audience. Circling back to what we said originally. Over Try sending an FOIA to SpaceX. <laughs> they don't owe you a damn thing. And no, they don't have company. to tell you a damn thing. Mm-hmm. They are not subject to FOIA. No. And that's how many arms of the military and the intelligence community deal. And I'm not saying in, this involves UFOs, but they were putting up spy satellites. We oh, know yeah. we have spy satellites. Everybody oh, knows everybody that. Everybody has spy satellites. Is, is Elon Musk going to come out and go, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Here's this spy satellite they gave us, and here's all the specs and what it's doing. He'll never get another job. He'll never get paid no, again. He's no. not going to tell you. Nobody at SpaceX is going to tell you. No. It's part of the military industrial complex, and it's where they hide a lot of their secrets. I'm it I'm is. a big fan of Elon Musk. If if I could turn my thing, you know what? Hang on a second. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I'm one of the biggest Elon Musk fans ever. I personally own a fucking flamethrower. Oh, yeah. I was going to buy one of those. I bought this from Elon Musk. Okay? Yes. I'm an Elon Musk fan, but I will tell you, Elon Musk knows a lot of stuff you're never going to hear because mm-hmm. he's a businessman. Yeah. You know? And if if they can hold that stuff secret, what else can they hold secret? Oh, yeah. They're really good at it. Yeah. And it, so one of the things that drives me nuts is... This whole electric car push that they're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it drives me crazy, too. GM is leading the electric car revolution. First of all, there's a documentary called GM Killed the Electric Car. I heard of it. I didn't didn't watch it, I confess, but I I have heard of it. And then... Man, we're we're really going off on a rabbit hole now. Absolutely, that's how it should be. I like going off into rabbit holes. Yeah, but really, our, our, how much of the audience are we losing? We start talking about electric cars and, and government policy and shit like that. I mean, people came here for all the UFO stuff. Is all yeah, they did. So, but if if they're willing to lie about simple stuff, they're going to lie about everything. That they can lie about. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's, it's like they say, like the old, uh, what were they, like State Farm commercials or whatever, where they said, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> That's a good analogy I, that had not crossed my mind. I'm very familiar with those, yes. 
And there's a meme that's like, why do veterans not trust the government? And then it's like a still from one of those commercials. And it goes, we know a thing or two because we've seen the we've thing. We've seen a thing or two. Yes. So it's always, it always and, makes me laugh. You, you and I have been there, but you know, I don't know. I, I just, I can't throw in the towel. I can't raise the white flag and go, it's not going to get better. I have to keep trying. Yeah, no, um, I but it's not going to be easy. And again, this circles back to right what we talked about at the beginning of the show. You know, um, the fight isn't over. I don't even know if the fight's winnable, but I know there's a lot of people in this country, an increasing number of people mm-hmm. who want to get in the fight and they would like to have answers. They would like to see these things happen. If you think it's just a matter of, oh, we didn't go knock on the right door. And now Congress is going to go knock on the right door. And it's like, oh, here's all the answers. Please don't don't be disillusioned. Don't disillusion yourself. That's that's not going to happen. But the stuff that happened this year, particularly with the Gillibrand Amendment and the Mm -hmm. NDAA that's that's about to go through the new office that's being established just to circle back. Be of good cheer. And I know that's a, a line from a Charlie Brown thing because we're at Christmas time. Be yeah. of good cheer. There are good things happening. There are people who are responsible to the public because they're elected officials mm-hmm. who are trying to get progress or trying to get more of this information, trying to get it out there. There are people in the background like Chris Mellon and Lou Elizondo who are working with members of Congress, who are working with lobbyists, you know who are getting out there and the the wording you could tell from the Jill Brand amendment a lot of that was written by Chris Mellon you know yeah. and and it and it's getting passed it's going into law that's a step there's another step coming and another step after that a lot of steps i i see uh you know Luis has, has jumped into the chat and hi Luis yeah. so yeah if if there's the next big phone home 3 we were talking about this earlier you know, the next thing is the overclassification problem, and we're, we're not done with the work. The work has to continue from our end because we only got here because of all of you that supported the Gillibrand Amendment mm-hmm. and got that pushed through. But don't rest on your laurels. We're not right. done. We're not, we're not, we're not done. We're at not all. even close to being done. No, I think not. it's going to be a great day when I see it maybe. Maybe the next 10 years, we will have politicians running on this subject, running for office and using this subject as one of their talking points. I, we, I think we will. No, I, I honestly be, believe we will. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Like when, when I see a, a political commercial, which I hate, and I try to skip and I throw my phone across the room, makes them go, ah, stop. When they say, I'm here for UAP transparency and I want to get you the transparency you deserve, my mind is probably going to melt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is this real? This is happening? No, I, I think these things can happen. And I'll go ahead and share something because I've already mentioned it a few times on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, for the for those who don't know, and most of you probably wouldn't even care, Um you already mentioned I, I write primarily about politics, government policy, mm-hmm. things like that. Anybody who looks at my background and profile, you would classify me as a 
conservative. I'm right. not actually a member of the Republican Party, but I, I do have conservative leanings. And, you know, that's an area that I, I have a lot of strong feelings about. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand, I, and for those who don't know, I live in New York State, not the city. Yeah. And she's one of my senators, along okay. with Chuck Schumer, you know, and I stay in contact with them, not just on a professional level publicly, but I regularly call, send emails, you know, hey, you represent me, you know. When the Joe Brand minute came up, I went ahead and both called and emailed and got a response back. And I said, you know what? I just looked at the Gillibrand Amendment. Mm -hmm. If you get this thing passed, I'm voting for you next time. It doesn't matter what the hell else you care about, because this is basically my biggest issue right now. Right. And I'm somebody who would never have voted for you in the past. Mm -hmm. And I got a response back, you know, and I think if there's more people doing that, saying, hey, this is important to me. Not all of these people are honest actors. Not all of them are great. We have kind of a clown show in Washington yeah. a lot of the time. But you know what they like to hear? They like to hear, oh, I did this and I'm going to vote for you. And it was somebody yeah. who's not one of your voters. Boy, that draws attention. Yeah. And I'm good to my word. I'll say it again right here on your show. If this gets passed, next time Christian Gillibrand runs for anything, although I've never... I, I think I voted for one Democrat in New York in my entire life at a state level or above because mm -hmm. um, I tend to be more conservative. I'm voting for her. So I'm there. Join me, people. And if you could be on the other side of the fence, you could be a Democrat. It's like never yeah. voted for a Republican. But Marco Rubio pushed this through. Maybe yes. you might want to say, you know what? Didn't like your other stuff, Marco, but I'm voting for you. They listen yeah. to this stuff. They really do. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one of the best things about the Gillibrand Amendment is that it was bipartisan. Oh, totally. Finally. Completely. Finally, they came together on something. Yeah. And who who if if you if you asked both of us six months ago, what's the one thing we're gonna have bipartisan agreement in this entirely messed up Congress on oh UFOs? Yeah, that was at the top of the list. <laughs> that was definitely you know, <laughs> that was what everybody saw coming. But oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm down. You know, no, I love I'm it. ready I to rock. Yeah, I think it's great. It's uh, I, we're we're in here entering a new era, and we need to be cautious about going into this. Just like everything else lately, just be cautious on how we're going into it. Don't hold your breath. Expect some disappointment in some yep. areas. It's going to happen. Always. It's but, the government. Always expect disappointment. Yes, but we are moving in the right direction. And just yep. because we have to keep hammering, and I know it gets tiring, and I know people want to do other stuff or just kind of ignore it, be like, okay, I did this for a year and nothing happened. That doesn't mean nothing happened. People are talking about this stuff behind closed doors and we're pushing the narrative the way it should be pushed because this is actually the biggest human event ever. I agree. We, no, I, I don't think you're, you're not being like, you know, just yelling something that that's not true. Right. It hasn't happened yet, but the underlying questions 
that we're all interested in, the underlying questions mm -hmm. that some of our elected leaders are talking about, these literally could be some of the biggest questions that humanity has ever confronted. Yeah, I mean, they really could be. We're talking about not it's being out in the open. alone. It's out of the closet. Yeah. You know? It, yeah, we're, we're talking about not being alone in the universe. How exactly. many things does that change? How does that affect society? Like, oh, my God. It changes everything. It, Once people realize. It's a life-changing thing, man. I'm telling you. And, again, I'm, I, I didn't get there until November of last year. Mm -hmm. But now I've seen it. You know, it does change your life. It yeah. makes you ask new questions. And it's like, wow, the, the universe is, I'm part of something that's a lot bigger yeah, than I thought it was. Bigger. And, but if we can get the world, not just the country, the world talking about that and then get some actual data and answers and go, wow, imagine the opportunities or the dangers. I agree. Yeah. Could be dangerous. Could you know, be. it's it's totally possible, but I, mean, I think it is one of the biggest questions we've ever wrestled with, and yeah. I think we live in an exciting time. You know, and it brings up the question: if we are being visited by extraterrestrials, are we be. really ready to play on that stage? No, because. I already got your answer there. Yeah, no. I, I know the answer is no, but <laughs> we're still fighting about imaginary borders and if Russia's going to invade Ukraine and if China's going to invade Taiwan. Like, we're still worried about that. Now you We don't know if you should be eating meat. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're fighting about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I do think we're on the precipice of being a civilization that can at least encompass these discussions can, yes. can wonder about those things. I, I think we still mess up a lot of stuff clearly. Uh, well, it's not even a question, no, but yeah, we do. you know, we, but if we find out about that, it's like there are possibilities. Some of the possibilities are threatening. They, they definitely are. Other yeah. possibilities could be potentially wondrous and a lot of people like to think that. I would always urge caution. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's gather as much information as we can. And we'll yeah. do with it what's in the best interest, not of us as Americans, not as us as humans, as all life on this planet. You know, it's like, what do we need to do to make sure that if there is a positive outcome, we enter that and if there is a threat that's a really serious threat globally to species, to the entire biosphere, you know, are we ready to, to handle that challenge? And right. I don't think we have enough data to say we know the answer to any of those questions right now. But, man, isn't it important that we be talking about it and making sure that the people in charge of all the money and all mm -hmm. the guns and everything else are like, okay, we're up to date. We're on the same page. We realize yeah. this is the thing. And let's talk about this. And yes, we are going to work on this. If we get that out of them, it's a huge victory. It is. And there's there's this ultralistic uh, ideology that sometimes comes around in the UFO community that's like, well, if these 
ETs developed all of this technology, why would they be bad? Why would they do this? Well, guess what? Bad societies create technological shit. Look at, <laughs> look at what Nazi Germany created during World War II. Look what happened to the indigenous Americans when people who had mastery of steel showed yeah. up on their shores. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, there there was an old there was a quote, and wow, I'm I apologize for drawing a blank, but somebody that I followed for a long time, if somebody shows up here from a civilization that is that far advanced technologically. Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody in the chat or later will correct me. I was, jo- it was Johnny L. Tenney. Okay. He's like, when was the last time that you spent the money to fly around the world on a jet to go teach algebra to a cat? Mm-hmm. And if you're somebody that has the jet and we're the cats, and you show up here and you're like, oh, that looks interesting. What's going on here? Yeah. How much do you really care about what you're doing to the cats? You don't. So I'm not saying there's no danger. There definitely could be. It might not yeah. be malevolent. It might not be, oh, we're here to conquer you and destroy you and it's war of the worlds. Maybe it's just like, oh, this is an interesting looking planet. What are these monkeys doing? Yeah. You know, oh, maybe we could use this. It, it, it could basically just be that, which was really, and feel free to go ahead and crucify me. I, I think a lot of the Europeans who came to North America were just like, oh, there's a bunch of savages here, but this is look pretty good land. You know, we could do something with it. And they they didn't care a lot about it. And Asia right. has their own history with their various cultures that have been battling for thousands of years. Oh, of course. It's, it, it's been a pattern. Can we just assume that some intelligence from somewhere else, if it's another planet, if it's another dimension, whatever – that they might not take the same attitude, like, oh, that's an interesting ant anthill. Right. Are you gonna go ask the ants before you dig it up to see what the hell's underneath? No, right. Not at I all. Mean, that that's that's one of the concerns I have. So, well, and and that brings up a, a good point. And a lot of what you see in uh sci-fi movies is the aliens come to earth because they want water or they want some stupid natural resource that earth has. bullshit bullshit there's there's a asteroid that's going to come near the earth that is worth three trillion dollars or something like that because it's made of platinum and titanium and gold right and there's a moon orbiting jupiter that's made out of water Yes. Like almost entirely water. Yes. If you so, needed water, maybe you could just like carve a big chunk of that shit out, you know? Yeah. Why yeah. would you come to the planet with living creatures on it? The only reason that you're coming to this planet is because of the living creatures. Curiosity. It is, yeah. It's not because of the gold. It's not because we mine oil or dig up oil or any of that. It's you want to look at this living species that are on the planet. Right. Um, Do do they need uranium? The total amount of uranium that we've ever extracted from our planet would fit. And somebody go check me. I'm sure I'm going to get the number wrong. Would fit in approximately five Olympic sized swimming pools. That's the entire amount of uranium we've ever extracted. And that's nothing. It's it's nothing. 
So yeah, if if you're looking for resources and you have the ability to trans, you know, to to just go across the space between the stars. Yeah. You couldn't find that shit elsewhere. Really? You, you, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You couldn't find water. There was no water anywhere. So you're coming here to take our water. Yeah. Just, I, I have no time it's, for you. Yeah. No, it drives you know, me crazy because they're just, oh, they're here for our liquid water. Yes. Because taking ice above 32 degrees is probably really fucking hard for them. That's impossible. You yeah, know. they can travel between the stars, but oh god, we don't. We have can't a... find ice. <laughs> can't find and, ice, you know, guys. I guess we're they're, screwed. They're all working on drinks and like, hey, we have no ice cubes. Got to take over Earth. You know, that drives me nuts. Yeah, it's, it's no. I think they're scientists, really. I, it, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I've I've only seen their ships. I have not. I've never encountered an alien and never been abducted that I know of. You well, know, they're either uh, scientists I, I think or they're probably scientists or maybe billionaires. Like maybe, maybe there's something we haven't found yet we could exploit. Yeah. But they, the yeah. more work we get from astronomy, you know, looking at the elements that we detect mm -hmm. through the telescopes everywhere, it's kind of a universal distribution of elements that we've been able to see around the galaxy so far. Yeah. The same stuff is everywhere. You really, you had to come all the way here to find diesel. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I don't think they're using diesel. <laughs> well, at the stage where they were, right. you know. Oh wow, they've got uranium. There's uranium everywhere. everywhere. It's one of the rarer ones because it only comes out of you know explosions of really large stars. But it's kind of equally distributed around mm -hmm. the galaxy. Yeah, you had to come all the way here and fight the monkeys to get their uranium. Really? Yeah. Pluto has a shit ton of uranium in it. Mm -hmm. We already found that out with, you know, with the last probe. Why yeah. come all the way down here? Just go suck up Pluto. Yeah. You know? I mean, why, well, it, none of that makes any sense to me. Yeah, why would they care about the idiots with all the satellites around their the space junk around right. their planet? I think we're the interesting things. Yeah. Or if if life is really rare, which I, I, I don't think life is rare in a galactic sense or a universal sense, but I think there are probably a lot of dead planets, most of all but ours uh, yeah. in this galaxy, unless it's something microbial. Life is probably pretty rare. If I had to put myself in the place of a vastly superior intelligence that's searching the cosmos, I think they would be fascinated by advanced life. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Doesn't that make sense to you? <clears throat> it it's, does. We, we don't need your gold. We don't need your water. We are curious about the monkeys. Yeah. Because, wow, this is this is cool. You know, mm -hmm. do we need to go and establish a trade agreement with the monkeys? Do we need well, to talk to them? Should maybe we just not. watch them? They, they seem to be really violent. Us? Oh, yes. we're not violent. No, 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 no we're not violent. <laughs> We've only no. almost destroyed our entire species multiple, you know, twenty times. But, yeah, that's yeah. not violent at all. That's it's not just, violent. It's no. it's probably just yeah, day at the office. You know. Yeah, just another day. Well, with that, this has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, I, I have had a lot of fun. This this is what I love about my podcast is I just come on here. And have fun with my guests. 
I had no idea what we were going to talk about. I was putting that out on social media earlier. When you get the replay up, I'll be rebroadcasting it. I mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this, and I think these are things that we all need to be talking about. Yeah, and absolutely. You, you do a great job, man, and I'll be promoting oh, your you. channel. I will always help anybody who's interested in promoting uh, UFO, UAP transparency, and you know, working to try to get more out of the government, but also more out of the people to do things like that. And I appreciate the work you're doing. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate one just coming on the show. My pleasure. I've been been lucky enough to get the guests that I've had so far. And uh, once again, this is the last show of the year. We are going into the Christmas holidays and I literally have Christmas, and then the next week is my anniversary, and then the next week is my wife's birthday. Wow, my wife's birthday is the beginning of January. So, so yeah. <laughs> so we're taking three weeks off, and then we're coming back on the fifteenth with Mick West. So everybody, be ready for that first That's show of the a- year. That's always a fun day. The last show I did with Mick West was more than a month ago and it was interesting yeah i'm I'm looking forward to that conversation definitely all right i'm gonna throw you backstage let me close this game out my mouth thanks guys not everybody my wife said that to not forget this how can they find you jazz uh Wow, I'm probably the least hard to find person on the planet at this at this point. Um, I don't do a lot of uh, I I don't have my own channel or my own shows or anything like that. I, I'm a journalist. Um, the best way to find me is on Twitter at Jazz Shaw, uh, J A Z Z S H A W. Uh, a lot of it's not going to be about UFOs and stuff. I do a lot of stuff about martinis and pets and animal rescue, but it's all good you know, stuff. Uh, you know, whatever you like, um, yeah. you can find me at hotair.com, at uh, townhall.com, um, sometimes at National Review, uh, Washington Examiner. I'm I throw up in a bunch of places. People ask me to write, so Everywhere. you know, just wherever you like. Awesome. All right. Support uh... this channel. Before I go, I do this for every channel I go on. I don't have my own channel, but as a guest, these are people that are talking about disclosure they're talking about transparency this is important make sure you like the show make sure you subscribe and in any way that's available if you can financially support shows like this one like bottle water show if you have it in you do it please because this is really important you don't need to support me i'm okay i'm all set i'm already cruising into retirement you know help this guy help the other people that are doing this work thank Thank you you. thank you i appreciate that all right here we go well third show wow this is this is awesome i love this i love the chance to talk to you guys the chance to talk to these guests and the see the people in the comments and the people that support the show, I really love it. This is the last time that the show will be on for the year because, I mean, my camera's up here. I'm looking at myself. 
the last time that the show will be on for the year, holidays are busy. Don't have time during the holidays to do a show, so we're going to take a break, and we're coming back on the 15th with Mick West. So if you've slept on the show so far and you're watching this, do not miss that episode. Do not miss Mick West on this show. Thank you to UCR for being in the chat, for Josh and Artemis for being in the chat, for Akashi, everybody. Everybody, and thank you for the new subscriber. Everything. See you guys later.